0: This is a 980 CKNW podcast. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Health Show. Maureen McGrath hosting this program today. You know, we all seem to be addicted to being busy and overwhelmed. Some of us are working 22 days in a row, not me, um, but one of my colleagues here said this morning when I was on air with her that she was very interested in this next subject because she had 22 days of work ahead of her, but then she was going to take, you know, completely disconnect and, and rest after that. But some people cannot set boundaries and overcome the burnout that is seemingly the cultural norm today. Well, I'm delighted to have Jan Warehan... On the line, she is the burnout queen, and she's here to tell us what burnout is and what you can do about it. And also, she has so graciously offered to give out five 30-minute coaching sessions to somebody. So if you know somebody who or you need this, give us a call, 1-877-399-9898. Thank you so much for joining me on the line from Edmonton, Jan.
1: Hi, Maureen. Nice to join everybody as well, too.
0: Oh, thanks so much. So, uh, burnout. I've been there. <laughs> I'll never go there. I'll never go there again.
1: Yes, most of us have. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit, first of all, about some of the symptoms of burnout. And I'm sure a lot of you, um, your viewers can probably relate to this as well, too. Um I think probably one of the first uh, symptoms would be exhaustion. Uh, You know, we sort of feel like we're emotionally exhausted, we're depleted, we don't have any energy. It doesn't matter what we do, we just feel like we're exhausted. We have that sort of brain fog that comes about. And the reason that that happens is there's two things that are going on at the same time. Our, um, Our extreme exhaustion is causing our brain to slow down. Well, our drive to get things done is fighting to sleep. So we're actually working against the other. One is trying to slow down and get a rest. And the other part of us is like that Energizer bunny that says, no, go, 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 go.
0: Keep going. Keep going at all costs.
1: Keep going. Keep going. The Energizer bunny never burns out, does he? He does. Uh, (laughs) but, But the problem is, is that once you are at the point where you are burned out, it's really hard to recoup and the only thing you can really do is you just have to get that sleep if you don't get that sleep and kind of re-energize yourself you're going to end up either seriously ill or in the hospital or even worse. Another thing that people might notice too is uh, once they're starting to wear down is that whole feeling of cynicism, you know, where you, um, you start your job and you really like it. And as time goes on, you know, you start to get this negative attitude towards the clients that you're working with, maybe the people, maybe you're in a toxic uh, environment as well. And over time, this really significantly affects both your work life and your personal life. And again, the reason that this happens is because it's a coping mechanism that we use to keep the stress and the burnout under control and uh, one of the solutions that we can have is just to kind of you know try to resolve why this is happening you know what's what's happened to, to get us so in such a depressed state and the third main cause of the symptoms of burnout would be feelings of inadequacy you know where you're feeling that uh, you're not accomplishing what you did that you don't feel appreciated uh, and it's Once this starts happening, this feeling just kind of perpetuates itself that, you know, you're a failure, you're no longer effective in what you do. And again, the reason this has happened is because it's the chronic stress that's just kind of manifesting itself over an extended period of time. So we're using it as a defense mechanism. So probably the best thing that you could do, again, is just to kind of uh, get some, some professional help to kind of work through this.
0: Okay. Um, Now, the workplaces are very different today than they have been in in previous generations because many people don't know how to set limits and disconnect from the workplace. You know, shut it off at 5 o'clock or whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, So they're up all night on their computers. It's impacting their sex lives. It's impacting their intimate lives potentially. And also, if they come home and they are cynical or they're exhausted, that's the number one reason for low sexual desire in women. And I really hate to be the bearer of this news, but according to a recent survey by Time Out New York, 39 percent of office workers admit to masturbating in the office, John, slightly more than 31 percent of men that admitted to this in 2012, according to Glamour magazine. So, you know, this isn't hard and fast science, pun intended, but uh, (laughs) but it does say something about the workplaces and that if. Um, you know, men are taking a fair bit of time in the in the washroom, um, rubbing one out, if you will, uh, to decrease the stress. As obviously, you know, that's the one of the most common mm. reasons, right? So we've got this um, exhaustion in the workplace. We've got this feeling of inadequacy that maybe we have to perform and be productive because that builds up our cup or fills up our cup. Mm-hmm. So why do you think we have all of this burnout in society?
1: Well, I think. Probably one of the big reasons is that uh, a lot of us don't have uh, self-care strategies. You know, again, it's that uh, that motivation that we've got to do more in less time. Um, we get a lot of pressure for, from our employer. As many of us know, when somebody goes on leave or they're on holidays, employers often don't replace that person. That person that's leaving, their workload is just added to your workload, so I think that people have a hard time with self-care strategies, and that can include things like setting boundaries, that sort of thing. I think, again, when you're looking at things like that, we need to be able to set our priorities, you know, so that we know what we're doing for the week and it's not just kind of haphazard and, you know, that sort of thing. Another self-care thing that we could look at would be exercise, maybe eating healthy, you know, today things to kind of wind down, like reading a book, not necessarily a newspaper, but just to kind of sit down and to kind of unwind a little bit and read a book and just to become kind of centered and grounded, that sort of thing. So I think that that's all really important as far as, you know, dealing
0: with the burnout. Right. And this is a huge depletion issue, really. And so do you ever see people who, uh, you know, moms, for example, they're working inside and outside of the home today. You know, they're still doing the lion's share of the housework. They've got the kids on the mind and their parents on their mind. And, you know, they've got so much to do. They're not paying attention to themselves. They're often not paying attention to their intimate, to the intimate aspects of their relationships. So do you find that uh, those women are more prone to this? And do you ever see women who may require uh, treatment with uh, medication? Because it can mean that the serotonin levels are out of whack.
1: Oh, absolutely. You know, I think that that's a really good example because a lot of times when we talk about burnout, we do think about employer burnout. But, you know, For the stay-at-home moms, for example, or dads, you know, when you're at home all day with the kids, you know, I think that there's a misconception that, uh, you know, you just kind of sit around and you watch TV all day and, you know, you let the kids play and that sort of thing. But as we all know, anybody who's looked after small children, you're going all the time, you're cleaning the house, you're you're getting the meals ready, you're looking after the kids. And, and some
0: women find that boring as well, being at home. Uh, Jan, just one second. I have John from Calgary on the line. Hello, John. Hi there. How are you? All right. Good.
1: When you're talking about this uh, burnt, this burnout, uh, you, you you have never said nothing on how a person eats on
0: it. Well, I just started talking about it, John. <laughs> Yeah. What do you mean? Like, do you mean that they need to have eat healthily in order to, to prevent burnout? Yes. I agree with you. I think oh, that's. It, and it, Jen did like mention where,
1: that. It's like where I, I, I work like three months straight, uh, 12, uh, a, 12 hours a day. Uh huh. And it's where I never get the burnout. I watch what I eat.
0: And how, what do you eat? What do you cut out, or what's important?
1: Uh, fruit and vegetables and then your meats
0: too very good well that sounds like a great plan jan
1: yeah i wish i could say that i used to be like that because when i was in high gear i was the complete opposite i was the drive-through queen i was eating in my car i was eating everything that i shouldn't eat and then when i'd come home You know, the last thing I'd want to do is make supper, so I'd be so tired. So what do I do? Get on the phone and have takeout.
0: Right. I have to say, when I had burnout, I was eating very healthily. Um, I had the same, you know, menu every single day. I remember my colleagues would say, here she is again eating, you know, I didn't eat bread. I didn't eat sweets. I was, you know, so I was eating as healthily as possible. Uh, but you know, there were other things that were falling away. You know, I had a little people pleasing going on. I'm a high energy person. I like people to be happy. Um, you know, so I, I was also, you know, I can do this, I can do this, I can do this for you, you know, overcompensating and, um, kind of a thing. So I, I remember, you know, just getting depleted and, um, But I'm going to ask you to stay on the line, Jan, because I want to talk a little bit about how employees can manage burnout. We're going to go to break right now, but um, how can people who are in today's working world, this chronic over busyness, this volunteering here and, you know, entering marathons there and raising the kids and, and dealing with the parents and, you know, not having time to have sex with your partner. So how can people manage burnout and prevent it in the workplace so that they actually have a better home life? If you have any questions at all or if you want to win the Five 30-minute coaching sessions from Jan. Give us a call. The number to call is 1-877-399-9898. That's 1-877-399-9898. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the Sunday Night Health Show. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Health Show. I am Maureen McGrath, and I have Jan Warehan from Edmonton, Alberta. She is the burnout queen, and we're talking about burnout. And right now we're going to go into what you can do to improve your self-care strategies to prevent burnout. Jan, thanks so much for staying on the line. And I also want to say we have a winner, Jan. Uh, Alana from Cold Lake, Alberta, has won the 530 Minute Coaching Package. So congratulations, Alana. That's awesome. Yes, congratulations. Yeah, so how can people, and this can happen to men and women. I was focusing a little bit more on women, and not to say that men don't have it tough today, and they certainly do. There's a lot of pressure Mm -hmm. to perform inside and outside of the bedroom (laughs) there's a lot of pressure at work to be the principal breadwinner for a lot of men that traditional ideology still exists and men put this pressure on themselves that it's attached to masculinity and and that their self-worth and this type of thing so men can certainly get burned out as well and they need time off and they need to regroup but what are some of the self-care strategies that you recommend to people well i've
1: self-care strategies and i'd also like to talk a little bit about how we can change things what we do at work but definitely some of the self-care strategies would be things like minimizing you know the use of alcohol or caffeine you know uh like your caller had suggested follow a healthy eating plan because i think that that makes a big difference one of the big things too is if we are able to take a little bit of time away from work you know um, Most of us feel that, uh, you know, guilty if we take time off work because we're putting a burden on somebody else. But I think it's really important sometimes if we take those little bit of a break and to do something like maybe find something relaxing like a creative outlet. For me, I'm a dog person, so I like to get involved with uh, any kind of animal activities. My dog and I are involved in um, uh, going to different... uh, communities, uh, and, uh, just doing kind of like a therapy dog. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of like my creative outlet, but people could do all sorts of things. As far as work, I think that there's some simple things that we could do, such as one of the big things would be multitasking. And again, it goes back to that Energizer bunny sort of, uh, breakdown. Um, you know, just to kind of if you're having problems, just go and talk to your manager to see if you can kind of renegotiate what your workload is like to kind of assess your priorities. One of the big things, and I was really guilty of this was not taking my break. You know, I would get focused on something and I'd work through breaks. I worked through my lunch hour. I'd be eating my lunch at my desk over, the, you know, working on the computer and you'd never really get a break. And, uh, the other thing, too, is when you go away and take a break on your holidays, leave your computer behind. And, again, that was one of my bad habits is I always thought, oh, gee, I should check and see what's going on at work. And I'm supposed to be on holidays, and here I am checking my work computer, answering emails. So I think that that's something people at work should really try to see if they could do.
0: Excellent advice. Um And, you know, it's going to be really hard for people because a lot of people get a lot of pleasure and they, you
1: know, Mm -hmm. they can almost
0: be addicted to work. Uh, They can be addicted to wealth. They can be addicted to their computer and their iPhone and Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn and all that sort of thing. Um, But what are, how ill do you see people getting? Well, I think that there's a
1: lot of underreported illness. And in the corporate world, you would Never mention that you're burned out because that's just the kiss of death for any kind of corporate promotion. But I think statistically, if you looked, you would see that there's a lot of people that are missing time for work. There's a lot of uh, mental health. There's a lot of physical uh, deterioration. So I think it's really underreported.
0: I agree with you. Absolutely. And, you know, when people don't necessarily prioritize their relationships and this, if you do self-care strategies and start exercising, taking better care of yourself. Every domain of your life can improve. And uh, from from weight to friendships to, which is, you know, really important, especially as people age. Um, so it's great advice, Jan. I want to thank you so much for coming on the program. Um, your website is theburnoutqueen.com. May I suggest you book an appointment with Jan. <laughs> Jan's in Edmonton, Alberta, by the way. So for those of you who are local in Edmonton, that uh, might be nice. So Jan, thank you so much for sharing your knowledge. Well, it's been my pleasure. It was awesome information, and I think it's critical in today's world. Something else that is critical as well, as I mentioned a little bit about hard and fast science, apparently, I don't know how uh, guys are going to find out about this because I don't really think that Fathers talk to their sons about this necessarily because so many men are so embarrassed by the fact that they have erectile dysfunction. And so, if your grandfather or your father had erectile dysfunction, you may or may not know, but you might be at higher risk. That's one. Um, way. there's There are other ways as well. Erectile dysfunction is an inability to get or keep a firm erection. It's uh, the inability to attain and or maintain an erection adequate for penetra- penetrative sex. And often it's related to things like diabetes, heart disease, multiple sclerosis. But About a third of the cases, according to scientists, are genetic. And so that's critical in terms of, um, you know, the gene is actually the SIM1 gene, and that's thought to be related to obesity. So this is critical information because they may be able to come up with gene therapies to treat... Uh, Men with erectile dysfunction in the future. And I see a lot of men in my practice with erectile dysfunction, and oftentimes they're overweight and they're sedentary. They drink a lot. They may smoke pot. And so this affects their um, ability to get an erection. So I had a 29-year-old this week. I do a lot of online consults for men. um, And this gentleman said that he was having difficulty in his relationship. He was unable to get, uh, to attain and maintain a, an erection adequate for penetrative sex. And he said some women would make fun of him and some women would shame him about this, which was, which was horrific. But he really loved the woman that he was with, with right now. And so we talked a little about it. A- a little bit about it. And as I explored further with him, I realized that he had issues with um, some religious training that when he was growing up, he had his first sexual experience at the age of 22. Um, his father never gave him that talk, you know, or there was no sex education. And in fact, the only um, sex talk he had from his father, which a lot of you might think is great advice, but the father said, just go to a brothel. That's what I did when I was a kid, you know, and it's not great advice, guys. So, you know, it really impacted this guy. But also, this kid had a bit of an addiction to porn. And whenever he was stressed, he would then, he, would, he tried to actually stop using the porn. But whenever he was stressed, he would go to the porn. And it was a whole lot easier for him to attain and maintain an erection with porn. And it was much faster. And when when he went to be intimate with his girlfriend, he found tremendous difficulty um, in attaining and maintaining an erection. So he had a lot of issues. His father had left when he was young. And so there, was, there were so many contributing factors. Because uh, you know your brain is your largest sex organ, and, and you know what's going on in your head and what you're thinking about can also impact you know your psychological arousal. He also said he felt that he was taught that sex was dirty and bad, and he felt guilty every time he had sex with a woman, and so he's got a lot of issues to overcome. But you certainly can overcome ED, and um, and I'll be talking more about that in the upcoming weeks, and hopefully that'll happen to you too. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the Sunday Night Health Show.